Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Colleen Murphy, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Dominic Angelillo, a professor in the Department of Medicine, Division of Cardiology at the University of Florida's College of Medicine, Jacksonville. During the 2020 American College of Cardiology World Congress of Cardiology virtual meeting, Dr. Angelillo presented new insight from the TWILIGHT trial that was based on an analysis of the trial performed in patients with diabetes. He is here today to highlight the key takeaways of the analysis. Thank you for talking with me today, Dr. Angelillo. Well, thanks for having me. Before we get into an overview of your session, can you explain why this research is research that would be of interest to your peers? Well, I think we need to start off from the rationale for doing the twilight trial in the first place, and then I can speak about the rationale for doing this specific analysis in patients with diabetes. So what we do know is in patients treated with stents, we use dual antiplatelet therapy, aspirin plus a P2Y12 inhibitor for the reduction of ischemic events. However, this comes at the expense of an increased risk of bleeding complications. Therefore, since bleeding is associated with adverse prognosis, we want to identify strategies that can preserve efficacy and at the same time reduce bleeding. Now, one of the strategies that has emerged is the strategy of dropping aspirin after a brief period of dual antiplatelet therapy. And this was tested in the TWILIGHT trial, which was a prospective randomized double-blind study in which after three months of dual antiplatelet therapy consisting in aspirin and ticagrelor, patients were randomized to continue with aspirin plus ticagrelor or ticagrelor plus placebo. And 12 months after randomization, the primary endpoint of bar 2, 3, or 5 bleeding were significantly reduced in those patients randomized to the placebo arm, in other words, those who have dropped aspirin. There were a number of other definitions of bleeding that were evaluated, including more severe bleeds, such as bar 3 or 5 bleedings, and these also significantly reduced. The next step was to evaluate if this could be done without any increase in ischemic harm. And indeed, the trial also showed that there was no increase in ischemic events. So having said that, on the basis of these findings from the TWILIGHT trial, we decided to pursue analysis in patients at high risk of complications. And amongst these, we have patients with diabetes. Diabetes, as we know, are patients who are at very high risk for bleeding, but in particular, ischemic complications. And so on this background, we thought that doing this analysis in patients with diabetes was very stimulating, also considering that the prevalence of diabetes continues to increase worldwide, particularly in North America, representing more than one-third of the patients who we treat daily in our clinical practice. So this was the rationale for doing our study. A great overview of the TWILIGHT trial. And like you said, 
with the incidence of diabetes increasing, it is clear why such an analysis of the trial can be beneficial. Now let's get into what you presented at a late-breaking clinical trial during the meeting. Can you provide a brief overview of your twilight analysis in patients with diabetes? Yes, so to summarize the findings uh, of our analysis, we observed that around 30% of the twilight trial population were patients with diabetes. This overall was rather high prevalence because to be enrolled in the twilight trial, patients need to have one high-risk clinical criteria and one high-risk angiographic criteria. And diabetes in itself was a high-risk clinical criteria. So this allowed for our analysis, our cohort, to be enriched with patients with diabetes. We saw that those patients who were randomized to Ticagua plus placebo, in other words, the dropping aspirin arm, had a significant reduction in the primary endpoint of bar 2, 3, or 5 bleeding. This was consistent with the overall findings of the trial, so consistent findings between diabetics and non-diabetics, but also looking at many other bleeding definitions, these were also significantly reduced. We obviously have concerns about the ischemic events because patients with diabetes systematically are known to have higher risk of ischemic complications. And yes, the overall ischemic event rates were increased in patients with diabetes, but there was no increase in ischemic complications with the dropping of aspirin. Actually, on the contrary, most ischemic events were actually numerically reduced. So this was a very important observation on the safety of our study. We looked at outcomes also according to clinical presentation and saw that patients had consistent findings irrespective if they presented with an ACS or not. And we also looked at whether there was consistency in the findings in patients with insulin-dependent diabetes versus those without, and again, showed consistency in the findings. Last but not least, we did a post-hoc analysis, which evaluated net adverse clinical events, which considered the most severe of the events, in particular, bar three or five bleeding, so the more severe bleeds and the ischemic events, death, MI, or stroke, and showed that there was a 3.3% absolute risk reduction, which equated to a number needed to treat of 30 for one of these major adverse clinical events. So if we were to summarize our study findings, the twilight analysis in the diabetic patients showed consistency in the findings, even in cyber's cohort, and support that a twilight antiplatelet treatment regimen can be extended also to patients with diabetes. What should be the main clinical takeaways for your peers listening? Anything they can take from the analysis findings and implement into clinical practice? First, emphasize that when we look at patients at high ischemic risk, such as patients with diabetes, or what we saw during the same session, patients undergoing complex PCI, which embraced many patients with diabetes, we can safely stop aspirin without any concerns of having harm. And actually, on the contrary, we improve overall outcomes because we do reduce bleeding complications. Now, my hopes are that in the future, both guidelines and drug regulating agencies 
will be updated to reflect these findings so that the physicians can feel more comfortable implementing this in their clinical practice. You just mentioned guidelines. Going off of that, where do you see these results fitting in to the current and future treatment landscapes? Yes, so I believe that currently this is a very reasonable strategy to consider in patients at high bleeding risk because we know that aspirin is a key driver of bleeding complications. So I think that that's the first step as you start to implement this in your practice. Get comfortable with this and you can slowly expand it even to those patients who you deem to be at high ischemic risk, such as those undergoing complex PCI, many of those who are patients with diabetes. In the future, I think that once we become more comfortable with this strategy, and this hopefully will be endorsed in, in practice guidelines, and also continue to have more data on this topic, there's a lot of potential for this to become a more broadly applied treatment regimen. Well, Dr. Angelillo, the analysis results are certainly fascinating. It will be interesting to see what further impact they have. Thank you for talking with me today. Thank you so much.